Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along today as we get in the Word of God, talk about it, and today's message is really important, and for that reason, it may be somewhat controversial. So hang with me to the very end. I think you need to hear, and this will benefit by what we talk about today. Very, very important. I want to start off by making a comment, and that is, Satan hates your marriage. You ever stop and think about that? There's a, there is a force out there, shall we say, is a being, a fallen angel, a lot of power and got a lot of demons following him, that wants to destroy your marriage. Now keep in mind, God is pulling for you and Satan's working against you. God wants you to succeed. He wants your family to succeed. He wants your church to succeed. But you have a spiritual enemy who wants you to fail wants your family to fail, and wants your church to fail. He wants our nation to fail. And so we are in a battle, and we, we must fight it. We must engage. We must be wise. And friends, when we see casualties in a person's life or family or church or nation, we, don't, we, we grieve over this. We realize the enemy has gotten a big victory. And we're all, we who love the Lord, we're all on the same side. We're on the same team. So we support one another, encourage one another, build up one another. We want to see one another succeed. And we realize that on the battlefield of life, there are people, good people, godly people, kind people, loving people, faithful people, who still sometimes become casualties in the spiritual battle. We know it's temporary. Ultimately, we win but we stand with one another and support one another. That being said, we're talking about marriage. We're talking about family. And this is in our culture today. We've been seeing this week how our culture has largely abandoned the Christian concept of marriage and has in in some ways blatantly, like with the same-sex marriage, and in some ways uh, subtly, like we're going to look at today, done things and taught things that undermine the biblical marriage. And today we we want to focus particularly on the number one reason Satan hates our marriages and the number one reason that we ought to want to have strong biblical marriages and families. It might surprise you. Let's look at it right here. It comes from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31 and 32. And he's quoting here, Paul quotes from the Old Testament, from Genesis chapter 2, and he says this, for this reason... A man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Now, Paul's just given us what many consider a controversial thing, where he's talked about roles and responsibilities within the marriage, how the husband has the responsibility to lead and love and honor and protect and care for his wife. These are his responsibilities. Let me say again, to lead, to, to love, protect, provide for, to nourish, to cherish his wife. And the wife has a responsibility to honor and respect and, and be subject to her husband. It's interesting, we often focus on that latter part without seeing the first part. There's six verses, twice as much length here given to the husband's responsibility to love his wife as the wife's responsibility, three verses of honoring and, and uh, sub- submitting herself to her husband. But we often focus on the one because this is culturally a very, what, what our world is, is uh, attacking. 
And notice what he says here. These roles aren't about you and me. They're about Christ and the church. This is so fundamental. We think in marriage it's about my happiness, my satisfaction, my fulfillment. And so and many people get married it's all about themselves. And and one point I want to make, obviously, if you're going to have a successful marriage, you'd better realize it's not all about you. You better realize that you're no longer number 1. But also it shouldn't all be about your spouse and their number one. If you really want a successful marriage, it better all be about Jesus and he'd better be number one. That's right. True joy, true success comes from the acronym JOY, J-O-Y, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. And this is certainly true in a marriage. You put Jesus first, you put your spouse next, you put yourself last. You probably have a pretty happy marriage. If all you're doing is putting your spouse first and you forget Jesus, well, you'll be better than if you're putting yourself first and it's all about you and you're a narcissistic, selfish, self-absorbed person. But it will never be all of what God wants it to be unless the two of you together, husband and wife, are putting Jesus first, one another next, and yourself last. But looky here what he's saying. He's saying that this idea that marriage isn't all about yourself This isn't your time to be entitled to uh, a life of comfort, ease, uh, being all, all, everything being centering around you. No, your life as a disciple of Jesus is to be about Jesus first, but your marriage is also to be about Jesus first. He said this idea of the husband, what he's been describing, these roles and the oneness between Christ and his church, or the oneness between the husband and wife. He says, a great mystery. You think I've been talking about the family. I'm really talking about Jesus and the church. And my friends, what we must realize is that how a family, uh, a husband and wife model this has a dramatic effect on upon our children, a dramatic effect in our neighborhood, in our extended family, in our workplace. Anyone who sees and witnesses you Anyone who observes your marriage ought to be saying, wow, there's something special. There's something dynamic, something alive, something beautiful. And we ought to be saying, yes, we in our relationship reflect what, the, what, the, what God wants with all people called his church. Are you reflecting that? In, your, in the way, wise, in the way you re- relate to your husbands? Husbands, in the way you relate to your wives? Husbands, would someone see in you, in the way you treat your wife, honor your wife, cherish your wife, nourish her, protect her, would they see in you the image of Christ towards his church? Women, in your relationship with your husband, would they see in you the way we ought to honor and respect our Lord Jesus Christ? That's what we're to model. That's what a marriage can be. It's a powerful testimony and a powerful witness. And, and I'll tell you, where we have this and where our children witness this, our children are likely to grow up and to become followers of Christ. And where they don't see this, maybe the father's absent. Maybe the father is mistreating his wife. Maybe the wife is not respecting her husband. 
We, we are more likely to see children that they don't understand this relationship and are less likely to embrace our Christian faith. When the husband goes sideways, when the husband goes sideways, if I should say, if I could say here, when dad, as dads go, so goes the family. Fathers, you're leaders in the family. As, as dads go, so goes the family. As the family goes, so goes the children. Dads, if you're AWOL, if you're absent, if you're passive, if you're not doing your role, you make it a lot harder for the wife to fulfill her role. And it's, it's going to have a devastating effect upon our children. Now, in our culture today, we have, and it's, uh, the feminism and secular progressives have really zeroed in on the marriage and the husband and wife relationship. All this gender uh, stuff that's going on and the gender equality and the gender roles and the male-female and what's a woman, what's a man, and, and, and all of this type of stuff, it's taking aim at the Christian family. And we have in the church a debate going on about two roles, two ideas, two philosophies. One is called egalitarianism and one is called complementarianism. Let's define them. Egalitarianism is the belief that gender equality mandates equal roles and responsibilities for the family unit. Egalitarianism focuses on we're equal, and we're equal in all things and in all ways, including responsibilities and roles within the family. The complementarian idea is that men and women have different but complementary roles and responsibilities in marriage and family life. Are we equal? Well, we're equal in our value. We're equal before God. We're equal in, in Christ died for all of us. There is that equality, but there's a difference in roles. On campus, I'm often asked this question, are you and your wife equal? And, this, and because they have been indoctrinated in this idea of egalitarianism and, and often poisoned in their idea about what does the Bible teach about husband-wise, male-female relationships, they think that that means we're not equal. That somehow, as Christian men, we probably think women aren't allowed to vote or aren't allowed to hold a job or aren't allowed to uh, be participants in life because they are secondary people. They're secondary in value. We don't believe that at all. We do believe there's an equality of value before God. There's a difference of role. There's a difference of responsibility. What my wife is to bring to the family is different than what I bring to the family. And we each are to do our role well. And so when people ask, are you and your wife equal? Depending on you know, my mood at the time and how I want to answer, I often say, no, we're not equal. We're one. And this is so vital, vitally important. Where I've noticed in, in life, on a team, a sports team, in a business where the emphasis is on equality, you get stalemates and nothing gets done and, you're, and you fail. Can you imagine a winning basketball team where everybody shot the ball the same amount of times? A winning football team when everyone passed the ball the same amount of times? Of course not. There are different roles. And each one who embraces their role and respects those who have a different role that quarterback, I mean, goodness, often I tell a quarterback, don't you run with the ball. We don't want you to get hurt. 
Don't you throw that block. We don't want you to get hurt. You, what we value is your arm, your leadership role. And, and other guys, can you imagine if the linemen had to pass the ball? How will that team win? Never. But each one on the team knows their role. They embrace their role. They're, they're enthusiastic about their role. And they appreciate and are enthusiastic about the roles others bring as well. That's how a successful family operates. There are different roles. God has called men and women to have different roles within the marriage. And where that is respected and honored and embraced and appreciated in one another, and where the emphasis isn't on the husband looking at his wife and saying, are you doing your role? But the husband's saying, I'll do mine. And the wife isn't looking at the husband saying, I'll do my role once you do yours. But no, where she says, I'll be who God wants me to be. And the focus is on that aspect of the life. Each one brings 100% to the marriage. Each one brings 100% and says, we are one. I want to tell you folks, especially young people, if you enter into marriage and the focus is on you're trying to be equal in everything, you're headed for disaster. If you say you embrace your God-given roles and you're going to do your part 100%, no matter what your spouse does, you're going to do your part 100%. You're headed for marital happiness and success. Now, Satan hates your marriage, and Satan's going to do all he can to destroy the idea of, 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 the, of this, the complementarian idea of different roles that are to demonstrate the life of Jesus. This is why there's different roles. People say, does this mean that the, the man's smarter or the man's better? Of course not. In many cases, we're not. What we are to do, why does God say this, is so that we model something that the children will understand. And often how they see a wife relating to their husband is how that child will grow up and learn to relate to God. That's the point. This mystery is great, he says. But I'm not speaking about you and your marriage. I'm speaking about Christ and his church. And that's what we're to be modeling. Friends, Satan hates your marriage. Why? Because he hates Jesus. And he hates the church. And he doesn't want your marriage to model what God wants in the relationship between him, between Jesus and his church. That's what we should be exhibiting. He wants to destroy that. Don't let him. Be the model God wants you to be. Be the witness and shine brightly in a culture that is rejecting this. Let you and I shine brightly, the, the very image of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Father in heaven, we bless you today and thank you for the wisdom, all oh, the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the, the grace of God, the understanding of God. I pray, Father, in a culture that is rejecting that, going more and more secular, uh, turning against your ways, and we see the devastating results, more and more young people rejecting God, more and more young people, uh, their lives being devastated, our culture being devastated, our society being devastated, fathers abandoning their, their homes, fathers abandoning their children, this pressure and stress on the single moms trying to do it all themselves. Lord, it, there's just such a breakdown. And it doesn't have to be this way, Father. It doesn't have to be this way. How we pray for families in our country. I pray for those on this live stream. But I pray also for those in our country to understand that the ways of God are good and right and pure and holy. And as we live them, there comes blessing and favor and goodness into our own lives 
and into our relationships and into our offspring and how we pray for this. Lord, give us the courage, the grace to be the people and embrace the roles you have called us to be so that we might be the witness of Christ we were intended to be. And we pray for this and we bless you and we pray against the evil one who wants to destroy all that's good and right and true. And we pray he wouldn't do it with us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Hey, like I've been saying all week, you can see I'm fired up about this. This is important stuff. Satan's attacks are often very, very subtle. That's why we get in the Bible and we study it and we look at it, we think about it and we apply it. So I hope you've got your marching orders today and you know how God wants you to be operating towards your spouse and in your family and what you should be modeling towards your children. And you aren't married yet. You should be thinking about this ahead of time. You don't want to try and figure this out once you're married. You want to make sure you and your potential spouse are on the same page before you get into marriage. Uh, and, and it's a whole lot, it, it goes a whole lot more smooth, a whole lot smoother that way. Hey, if you're new, welcome. So glad to have you along. I hope you join us every day as we get in the Word of God, talk about it, say how do we apply it in our lives. That's our focus here. We don't want to just know it. We want to apply it. That's what we focus on here. Inspired, encouraged to apply the Word of God. Thanks for being with us. If you're new, I hope you subscribe to the channel. I hope you share with your friends. All of you, make sure you like the video on the way out. And I love you guys. So until we see you tomorrow, God bless you. Be strong. God bless you. Bye-bye.